Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Tyler Rowland of Tic Tac Titans joining us once again. Tyler, appreciate it, man. How you doing this afternoon? I'm doing okay. I will say would be doing better if the Titans didn't uh, completely embarrass themselves last night on Monday Night Football, but uh, still a good day nonetheless. So thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely. Well, let's just start right there. What happened last night? Because Buffalo's a really good team. Got to give them a lot of credit, but the Titans are a pretty good team too, right? Yeah, I mean, we think, but it's early in the season. There have been some major changes from the Tennessee Titans of the past few years. I think what we saw last night was a combination of three things. Number one, Buffalo is a damn good football team. And we saw what they did to the previous, or the, you know, current Super Bowl champions in the Los Angeles Rams. They beat them by three touchdowns as well. So I think uh, you got to keep that in the back of your mind while you're evaluating everything. That Buffalo just very well may be the best team in the NFL. Um, and, and that's something that they may let, make a lot of teams look like that throughout the year. But on the Titans side of things, I think the two main issues here are, are coaching and then the talent that's on the roster. And, I mean, it's easier to identify – the talent on the roster. I think when you look at a game like week one with the New York Giants, the Titans are winning by 13 points at halftime, didn't even give up a point. And all of a sudden in the second half, the offense couldn't get anything going. The defense started to fall off a little bit. You're asking a lot of your defense to shut people out in the NFL for four quarters. So when you don't have a guy like A.J. Brown, now I love Traylon Burke so far. He's been the Titans' best player on offense, quite frankly, he's been the one lone bright spot. But Traylon is a rookie. He's not ready to give the team A.J. Brown-level performances week in and week out. And in that Giants game, the Titans needed one more, one more big play to salt that game away, and they just didn't have anybody to give it to them. Last night, when the chips are down, they need one more big play just to – bring the momentum back to even, make them feel like they have confidence. The guy who made those plays is now making those plays for the 2-0 Philadelphia Eagles, looking like one of the top five receivers in the NFL. So the Titans simply don't have the talent on the offensive side of the ball to keep them in games with teams like the Buffalo Bills. And then the coaching, the way that the offensive coaching is going on the offensive side of the ball with offensive coordinator Todd Downing, they're getting away from their foundation in the run game, the outside zone scheme. They're starting to do more pulls, more traps, which I like having a varied run game, but that's going to be tough. And the, the passing concepts are just all over the place. And the way that the personnel is deployed, using their sixth wide receiver on plays and just tipping their hand consistently with the personnel that they're using, uh, there are things that are fixable, but I would say Buffalo skill, the coaching, and then the talent available are the three main contributing factors that led to what we saw the first two weeks from the Titans. Now, with that first game against the Giants, they were in control, and then, mm-hmm. you know, the second half was different. But usually when a game happens like that, there's a turning point or a couple of plays that kind of change what happens in the game. What, what kind of happened to change that game and turn it around? Well, the Titans' defense pretty much had things bottled up for the most part. And then, and here's my opinion, football, everybody wants to talk about a complimentary game. The defense, the special teams, the offense all have to complement each other. And that's what Mike Rabel, the head coach of the Titans, preaches all the time. Well, 
I think at some point in time, if the offense is doing nothing consistently over and over and over, the defense starts to wear out because they feel that pressure of, hey, it's 13 to nothing. This offense probably isn't going to put more points up on the board. we got to shut these guys out. And then people start stressing and people try to do more than what their job is. And then you get out of position, and that's what leads to big plays. The Titans have been giving up explosive plays in the first two weeks at an alarming rate in the run game against the Giants. They let Saquon Barkley have two huge runs that just totally flipped the field and changed the momentum. The Titans were smothering them in the first half, and then a couple of big plays in the second half. Next thing you know, the game's been tilted. The Giants are really putting the pressure on, and the Titans' offense, when the chips are down, the Titans' offense can't make a play for them because they simply don't have enough playmakers who are ready to make those plays right now on offense. So I think that while the defense has its fair share of blame for giving up the explosive plays, it's what we saw last year from the Titans. The defense plays very well early. They keep the Titans in it because the offense is sluggish. And then in the second half, when the offense still can't get anything going, the defense just breaks down. I mean, that's what happened last night. It was 17-7. to You know, the, the game wasn't out of reach for the Titans. The defense found a way to get a stop on fourth down, to get a couple of stops in the red zone and force field goals. But still, the offense just gave them absolutely nothing. And I think, you know, not only do you start giving up big plays, but your spirit kind of starts to break. If you know that you can go out there and do your best as a defense, but the offense is going to score one touchdown on the opening drive and then punt every other drive the rest of the way, how can you get geared up to go out and play defense again when you're 24-7 in the third quarter when you tried your best in the first? I just think while there's a lot to be concerned about, the ineptitude of the Titans' offense is really the what's rotting the team from the inside out. Tyler Rowland of Tic Tac Titans is our guest on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Brado Fine Jewelry Hotline. Uh, Tyler, also looking at uh, the, the record at 0-2. We know that the, the slim margin of teams mm-hmm. that go to the playoffs after starting 0-2, obviously it's not ideal, but just looking at the rest of the schedule and knowing what the Titans have, can they still turn this around and still make the playoffs? Are they still a playoff team at this point? Yeah, I think that they can be. I think that some serious changes have to be made. My big thing is, like I've been hitting on throughout, the offense needs a jolt of life. They need something to wake them up. The Titans took offensive coordinator from the Houston Texans the last few years, Tim Kelly. He's now a senior offensive assistant and a passing game coordinator for the Titans. I think if the Titans now, we'll probably never know about this publicly, but what the Titans need to do is they need to transfer play-calling duties from Todd Downing, who in 2017, when he was an offensive coordinator for the Raiders at the time, he was god-awful, and he took that, that great year that Derek Carr had where he looked like he was going to win MVP, the Raiders go to the playoffs, he got hurt there at the very end of the year, and Connor Cook from Michigan State ended up playing in the playoff game. That year was a great year for Derek Carr early in his career. The very next year, Todd Downing takes over as OC, and the Raiders' offense goes to one of the worst in the NFL. The Titans had A.J. Brown to save them last year. They don't have that now, and Todd Downing, once again, is going to steer the ship down to one of the worst offenses in the NFL. If Mike Rabel, even behind closed doors, can change the play-calling duties to Tim Kelly and install him as the offensive coordinator, whether we hear about it publicly or not, I think the Titans' offense can be salvaged. If they do that, if 
if they can manage that, I still think this team can go nine and eight, maybe ten and seven if they really get on a hot streak. But I think nine and eight is probably the realistic hope for Titans fans right now. And if they go nine and eight in the AFC South, I think they can still make the playoffs. Now the reality is Tennessee Titans fans went into last season thinking Julio Jones, AJ Brown, Derrick Henry, the defense, this team can win a Super Bowl. Well, even if the Titans do that and go nine and eight and win the division. They aren't winning a Super Bowl, but you still want to see them salvage a good season here. So some some changes on offense and with the division the Titans are in. I know the trends and the numbers of being 0-2, but that doesn't take into account that the Titans play in the AFC South in 2022, and Jacksonville is currently leading it with a 1-1 record. And we're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars, even though they look good through two weeks. So the Titans have a stretch here of games in front of them. They are going to play the Raiders next week at home. Then they're going to play the Colts in Indianapolis. Then they're going to play the Washington Commanders. Then they're going to play the Houston Texans. Then they're going to play the Colts again in Tennessee. If they can find a way to go 4-1 and one in that stretch, a couple wins over the Colts, win over the Texans, win over the Commanders, maybe even if they lose to the Raiders and go 0-3, if they can win four of their next five games against winnable, winnable opponents, then I think the Titans can find a way to salvage the season and could be leading the AFC South in a month from now. And all of this, you know, disaster conversation will feel a little bit different, even if we all know the truth that this isn't a Super Bowl team. It looks like the Titans at the receiver position are trying to go more by committee. And, of course, you're not going to be able to replace A.J. Brown right away with one player, but leaning on veterans like Robert Woods, Josh Gordon is on the team, and then they feel good about Nick Westbrook, Akeen, and uh, and then even Austin Hooper in, in the uh, passing game. So Traylon Burks, he's there as a first-round pick, but it looks like they're doing it more by committee, especially leaning on some of those veterans. Yeah, and I think that's fool's gold. I think uh, Mike Vrabel has been saying a certain saying, a certain phrase, since he came to the Titans as the head coach in 2018. He says, Winning football games is about the Jimmys and the Joes, not the X's and the O's. So I think when, when you, and you're right, that it looks like that's what they're trying to do, you know, replace AJ's production via committee. But the problem is three C's won't replace one A. And at the end of the day, the Jimmys and the Joes are more important than the X's and the O's. And if you are going to be somebody who says, hey, we're going to live and die by the X's and the O's and our scheme, is going to make these players look better. Well, you better have a better play caller than Todd Downing because your X's and O's aren't going to get you very far if Todd Downing's the one drawing them up. So, you know, it's just weird that the approach that the Titans have taken this year, and it makes you wonder. You look back at the NFL draft when A.J. Brown was traded, they put the video camera in the Titans draft room, and Mike Rabel was pissed off, got up from the table after the trade, walked out of the room shaking his head. You have to start to wonder now if there's a, a, a wedge between the head coach and the GM with the philosophy the GM wanted to take and what the head coach thinks is winning football games. Because that Jimmy and the Joes versus the X's and the O's comment that Brable says all the time, it does not jive with the philosophy and the direction that they took this offseason. So you have to start to kind of look at that and wonder how that's going. Because I think Mike Vrabel knows, like I said, you could have three or four C's, 
that's not going to replace an A because even if four or five wide receivers make up A.J. Brown's production, the defense isn't going to treat Nick Westbrook Akeena as A.J. Brown. And the way that he tilts the defense is going to affect how other people get open. Like Robert Woods has been a number two wide receiver at the best moments in his career. He had Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup in Los Angeles, and that made him a better player because all the things that he's good at, nuanced and route running, understanding coverage, where the holes are in the zone, all of those things are possible when you're a number two wide receiver. When Robert Woods is the biggest name that you have in your wide receiver group, and he's your number one guy that everybody's looking at, that's not going to be good for him or everybody else. So I just think that the reality here is the Titans traded A.J. Brown. That was a foolish move. Like all the other young wide receivers, Debo Samuel, D.K. Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, etc., the Titans should have found a way to keep that guy on the team no matter what it costs. I think John Robinson, the Titans GM, got bullied by A.J. Brown's agent, and uh, they made a, a, a terrible move, and now the Titans have to live with the consequences. And I feel bad for a guy like Traylon Burks who has all this pressure on him, and he's even living up to it and, and playing well as the best receiver on the team, but it's still not going to be enough with him being a rookie and what else the Titans have around him. So say if the season doesn't go the way the Titans fans are hoping, which it's not off to a great start, who's going to shoulder the blame in the fans' eyes? Is it going to be Vrabel? Is it going to be the GM? Is it going to be you know the, the trade? Is it going to be a collective effort? Like Where's the blame going to reside? Well, I think ultimately most of the blame from the fans is going to go on to offensive coordinator Todd Downing. Um, but from there, it'll trickle down to both because the reality is Mike Rabel picked Todd Downing to be the offensive coordinator. Um, and then John Robinson traded A.J. Brown. He whiffed on Isaiah Wilson in the first round. Looks like he whiffed on Caleb Farley in the first round. Whiffed on Dylan Raidens in the second round in 2021. So, I mean, I know that's not the answer that, that people like because you just want one person to lay the blame at their feet. But the reality here is the Titans going from what they have been the last few years to what they are right now is a complete organizational failure from ownership all the way down to the general manager all the way down to the coaching because the, the head coach, Mike Rabel, picked the terrible coordinator and Todd Downing. John Robinson, the GM, allowed him to pick that guy traded A.J. Brown, got bullied by the agent, whiffed on the draft pick, and the owner sat back and watched it all play out and hasn't done anything about it either. I don't think that John Robinson or Mike Vrabel should be on the hot seat. I trust them to make it right, but it's obvious that the Titans are in a little bit of a transitional period where they're going to have to move on from the Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, Tennessee Titans and move into the next phase, the Malik Willis, Traylon Burks, Tennessee Titans. I think that's just that that phase has smacked Titans fans in the face quicker than they expected. And quite honestly, if you listen to the Locked On Titans podcast, free and available on all platforms Monday through Friday, I've been telling you that since the moment AJ Brown was traded. So can't really say I'm shocked with how things are going. What's your overall feeling going into this game with the Titans against the Raiders and it's on a short week? Well, I think that it's a winnable game. I don't think that the Raiders are – the Raiders slid into the playoffs last year, and while they did get better at certain spots with Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones, uh, I still think that they aren't a playoff team this year or a, a team that will be competing to win their division. But the reality is where their strengths are are exactly where the Titans' weaknesses are. Their two best players on defense are their edge rushers, Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. 
Well, Taylor Lewan just got hurt last night. And Dennis Daly is going to be a guy who's probably starting at left tackle with a rookie and Nicholas petit Frayer starting at right tackle. So Max Crosby and Chandler Jones against two rookies or one rookie tackle and one backup tackle. That's not sounding too great. And then on the other side, there were times out there last night where the Titans had Trey Avery, an undrafted free agent, Chris Jackson, a third-year player who's either terrible or hurt, and then Roger McCreary from SEC country who's great, but he's also a rookie too. So you got an undrafted free agent rookie who's barely practice squad level, a good rookie but still a rookie, and then a guy who shouldn't be on an NFL roster right now anyway in Jackson. I mean, you're going up against Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro. Just the Raiders' strengths line up just almost too perfectly with the Titans' weaknesses. So I can't tell you I'm very confident in this game against the Raiders for the Titans. If I was a, a betting man, I'd probably stay away from giving points to a, a home dog in the Titans. But if that line gets to, to pick them or, or the Raiders even get some points at any point, I'd hammer that one.